What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're presented to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us WinBet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us helmet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us helmet. We're also brought to you by the College Football Playoff Props Contest, a $200 gift card to the winner exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, fantasy football championships are here, unless you're a week 18-er. It is, it's been a long road, and uh, we're finally here. So I hope you guys are in some championships. I brought some of my favorite guests on, obviously my co-host, Brad. We got Jeremy. Jeremy, how are we doing, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm getting by. I have one team in a championship, uh, you know, so... No, well, neither team has a, a player playing tonight, though. thought that was kind of interesting. The other guy had Henry, so he's out. But, you know. Yeah, that, that'll that'll kill you right there. It, it's I put a, a little Giants-themed uh, um, video out today, and it's just like picking up whoever you want, whoever you can get to play <laughs> on your fantasy football championship team. Julius Chestnut, like, you're hired. Um, so <laughs> hopefully everyone gets out there. But if you want to, you know, if you want your rookies – Jeremy is your guy at Pope's FFH. Make sure you follow him and follow all of his work over at FTN Fantasy. Brad and I got some stuff coming up this this uh, off season, and uh, we're gonna get straight into it. So let's talk QBs. We're talking our 2023 quarterback rankings, running back rankings, receivers, and tight ends. We're just gonna give you a preview, give our top five of each, and we're also gonna talk about that exclusive 101. If you have the 101. It's worth a lot, and I did some polls to see kind of where it stood, and I'm going to show you guys where it stood, and uh, let's just say 101 is king right now. So, Jeremy, you're the guest. Let's go with your top five quarterbacks in 2023 class. Uh, yeah, so my top five quarterbacks at the moment, um, and I haven't really broken down any of these guys outside of surface level, kind of just basic watching the uh, – games so far this year and in previous but it's cj stroud uh bryce young will levis uh anthony richardson and then i like tanner mckee um that's large in part too because i still really haven't gotten after the top five it kind of just or the top four it kind of just falls off and you know there's some names that i think could be interesting to me um once i start really breaking it down you know like max duggan or hennon hooker but at the moment i like mckee what he brings a little bit more polished for me I like it. I like it, Brad. Yeah, so mine's just a little bit different. Uh, at the at number one, I got Bryce Young. Then I got CJ Stroud at two. Will Levis at three. Uh, I could see. I, I just started watching CJ Stroud uh, tape 
And I could see him dropping a little bit more in my rankings because it's just not the kind of guy that I typically look for uh, when it comes to dynasty. Uh, then I got Anthony Anthony Richardson at four, and the the hot take probably right now is I've got Spencer Rattler at five. Uh, I think a lot of that is going to change come draft time, to seeing where the NFL sees him. Right, if he's a a sixth round draft pick, like uh, um, oh god, um, How? Sam Howell was right. I'm probably going to fade him a little bit more than I do right now. Uh, but I, I'm going with the underdog and Spencer Rattler at number five. So, yeah, I didn't like him in QB one, so I'm just holding on to that. And so I'm just—I don't know if you know, everyone knows what I'm talking about, but there's a QB one show. It's got Justin Fields, it's got Sam Hartman, it's got Spencer Rattler, and he was a total douchebag on the show. <laughs> but don't get me wrong—he was a high school kid, and maybe he's gotten better. But in comparison. Like Sam Hartman, big fan. Justin Fields, I, I love that guy. And so, like, he was just – you got to watch this show. He was just uh, – he definitely was uh, an interesting character. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't I'm, seem like much has changed since yeah, that show. Yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to hold it against him in my rankings for sure. Um, so, Jeremy, out of those top five, can you talk about uh, – I believe it's C.J. Stroud that I want to talk to you about. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. You you had Young, but I can talk straight. Yeah, let's talk about Young. But why is Young your one? He's my two, but oh, why is you? Why is your two, Dave? You're killing me here. Why is he your? <laughs> why is he your two and not your one? Uh so for me, Bryce Young, I I do like what Bryce Young brings to the game. He's definitely uh, what you would get that quote unquote gamer. Um, he always tends to show up when he's called upon. Um, the only issue I have with him is, is he is a little undersized. You know, he's listed at six foot one ninety four. So the question is, is what's his actual size? Um, once we get into the senior bowl and the combine and you get those legit measurements, um, we see it year after year. Some of these are going to be off. So I kind of really want to see where we're at there. But for me, we've seen it year in and year out. The undersized quarterbacks, undersized players, they just fall in the NFL draft. And Young is not going to fall in the draft. But you see where these guys kind of come in and they tend to struggle a little bit more. Um, so for me, I'm just not as high on him. But to me, he's really probably a 1B. I feel like Stroud and Young is just pick your poison. Which one do you like? Um, I feel like Young's maybe a little bit more athletic than C.J. Stroud. Um, so for me, this is going to be really landing spot dependent. Um, if he lands in a decent spot, um, I think Young could skip Stroud for me. Um, but he has everything you need. You know, he has a good deep ball, good accuracy. Um, he also can kind of play off schedule. So there's a lot to like about Rice Young. Um, and even when it comes to fantasy, I think you could see a little bit of that dual threat to him. He's not going to be Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, but um, you could have a little bit of that Justin Herbert, you know, Russell Wilson type of mobility that kind of gets you a couple extra bonus points here and there. So I think you're, you, if you're in need of a quarterback, this is a good year to be pretty high in your super flex leagues. And where are you on Bo Nix? Bo Nix, uh, he's returning to Oregon. So, yeah. And so uh, I'm going to write, I want, I'm going to talk about that. Um, as far as um, I think NIL money and the, the, the transfer portal and all that is going to, it's, it's going to change things. I do think eventually it'll change the rookie salary um, because rookie salaries are really not that high in comparison to what these guys are making in college now. And so 
there's a huge difference between first round and third round money. And there's not a huge difference between third round and seventh round money. And so if you're like Bo Nix, you can stay and get all that Nike, that Nike stuff and get all that stuff out of Oregon. Uh, it makes sense. And so here's how the consensus big board shakes out. And this is consensus rankings from all major websites. And they have Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, and then Tanner McKee and Jaron Hall. And I think Jaron Hall is someone that people are going to get excited about when they see him work out, when they see him at the combine. I don't have him in my top five. And so, um, Brad, let's talk about Will Levis. And and first of all, can you trust anyone that puts mayonnaise in their coffee? <laughs> Look, I'll trust anybody coming from Kentucky, right? That's that's my that's my college. That's my go-to. Uh, they're killing me in basketball right now. And, uh, hey, at least the football team in the last few seasons has the same record as the basketball team over the last few seasons. I just saw something about that earlier today. The football team's on the up and up. They're really putting out some good talent. And Will Levis really kind of faded, if you think about it. You know, early on in the season, there was a lot of Heisman talk. There was a lot of really good performances. And then he got hurt. And when he came back, he just didn't look the same. My biggest issue with Will Levis is he's not going to make the team good, in my opinion. Right now, he's a guy that needs an alpha wide receiver. He needs the guys that are going to win because he's not really good at throwing guys open. And that's my biggest critique on him. And it probably makes him the most situationally dependent quarterback, in my opinion, out of these top five that I've got right now is – where he goes is going to matter because if he goes to Houston, something like that, I really don't like that landing spot because he doesn't have the talent that he's going to need to be successful. Whereas if he manages to find his way into Detroit or something like that, and I'm not going to say Detroit's looking for a quarterback because your golf is actually playing pretty well right now, but with in a landing spot where we've got a really solid wide receiving core and, and maybe some running back uh, help as well on a team on the up and up, then I think he's going to, he'll, he'll carry a little more value at that point. So my biggest issue with him right now is, is that consistency without high level talent around him. Yeah. And and looking at his games in the sec, I was just very concerned about how he played, um, you know, how he played in the sec this year. Um, You got to see these. It's nice when you see players play well in these top conferences, you have to ask questions when they, they struggle. And, um, you know, not having Wondell Robinson missing a bunch of his linemen, is that the reason? Or did he, you know, you like to see progression and not regression. And so to go with with my five, I'm going to give you my five. But first, we're going to check in with the sponsors. And so the first sponsor I want to talk to you about is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Line Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. There's tons of ways that live bet to including live betting and same-game parlays, ways to win. Reduce juice on sides, and, on sides and totals for all bowl games. Great promos, odds, payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today and you'll receive a special offer. If you bet $100, you're going to win $100. Limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com. Batch us WinBet. That's so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com. Batch us W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older. Present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1 800 522 4700. 
Yeah, and the second sponsor, we've talked about it once, and I just ordered mine yesterday, is the SGP Mini Helmet Contest, along with our College Football Playoff Prop Contest. Don't forget to enter both of these contests from now until the end of the year. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter for the helmet. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And our College Football Playoff Prop Contest, where you could win a $200 gift card if you're deemed the winner exclusively on the SGPN app. Yeah. And so my top five, I do have Bryce Young at top five. Um, he's my number one. I have CJ Stroud, just like Jeremy said, it's really kind of a splitting hairs one and two. You want to see the landing spots and with young, I like, I like the fact that he's in that Alabama offense. It's, you know, he's playing under center and doing a lot of those things that you, you, you see, translate to the NFL really well. And I do think he's, he's a version of Tua. Um, he's, he's very good before the, before the snap, he's able to read the defenses and he's able to get, you know, he's able to get the ball to the receivers quickly. And that processing speed really does translate to the NFL. We've struggled with that with, with the Ohio state quarterbacks. I think CJ Stroud is going to be good, but I like Bryce young. And I think he hits the ground running. Got Will with CJ Stroud at two, Will Levis at three even though the, the mayonnaise really questioned that. Um, I got I got Hooker at four, Richardson at five. And so um, we didn't talk about uh, Hendon Hooker earlier. And the reason I wanted to get him in there, if you're excited about Anthony Richardson, and you should be, he's got a lot of raw, a lot of raw you know, material that you, you think that some of these players, like a, like a Jalen Hurts, when you look at him. And, and if they can unlock some of those things, the sky is a limit for this guy, but he's super raw. And Hooker is is very similar. He's a raw player. He's got a lot of great attributes, and he's got more production, and he's proven it more than Richardson. The ACL is a concern, but it's an ACL for a quarterback, not a running back, not a receiver. I'm not as concerned. And with when it happened, it could cause him to not be ready to go at the beginning of the season could cause him to drop down the draft a little bit. I still think Hooker ends up as a first-round pick, and as a first-round pick, he could end up in a much better situation than a lot of these other players. Even if he doesn't play the first week of the year, if he goes to a situation where he's getting in the 20s, he's going to a playoff team with most likely a good head coach and a good team around him, and I think this guy could develop and, and play really well in the NFL. And of course, for fantasy purposes, you want a guy that can put up big numbers in the air as well as can run a little bit. Where would you want to see him go? Like, are you thinking late first round? Who do you think's taking him? Just um, out of curiosity. Well, they have the Saints here, but they have the Saints in the second round. Um, you know, I didn't really think about where he could go, but there's, you know, there's teams out there. Um, that have, you know, that have needs at quarterback, it, it could trade up, trade up into the back of the first round, you oh, know, um, I see where you're going with it. and, but you, you could have a team, you know, let's say, let's say the New York giants, they go put Daniel yeah. Jones on a transition tag. They go and put, get hooker, develop him, move on to him and go from there. you got the, the lions have two first round picks. The lions could not, maybe they don't pick the, the first pick there. But they go the second pick. You got the Titans. They could move Titans on. Titans was the one in my head where it's like they they took that shot at Malik Willis. They've seen him. 
I wouldn't think they're very happy with it right now. So maybe they look at that late first uh, if they're really, you know, trying to move on from Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, we, we don't know what's going to happen with, you know, the the Raiders of the Packers and their quarterback situations, but they're both picking earlier. Um, Freaking Raiders. God. Yeah. Any, uh, any interest in seeing them go to Denver? That would be very interesting. Uh, Denver, I don't know if they have enough draft picks to go and get another they quarterback. They got 26. Yeah. yeah. They got 26. Yeah. I mean, where do you guys, where would you guys like to see him? Uh, yeah. I was just curious. Just, I, I like Hendon Hooker. I like his game. I, I just think he's a little bit raw. Like you'd said, you know, like it, he's a little bit more polished than Malik Willis, I think coming out, but like the athletic abilities there, I, I could see him. I think he's going to need a, a year to sit. I don't think you're going to start him right away, but I could see him in Denver behind Russ kind of learn a little bit. And... How about putting him in Seattle behind Gino? Be interesting. I think Seattle goes early. Let, let's let's go to the running backs. And I think we know who the consensus one is. But uh you didn't ask me who my Charbonnet. Jeremy, who is your uh who is your number one? I ain't getting that spicy. It's obviously Bijan. You know, who's I'm your top five running backs? Uh but yeah, so it, it's Bijan, like you said. He's he's pretty clear cut the one. Um but then, yeah, I have Zach Evans, Gibbs, uh, followed by Bigsby and Tucker. Um, that would be my top five at the moment. Um, yeah, Charbonnet, Shades, right there as well at six. So it's close, but yeah, this there's some good running backs in this class, and so it's going to be very interesting with all the free agent running backs that people are excited about, and all the rookie running backs. You know, a lot of these mid running backs are going to get pushed out of the depth charts because they're just, there's just going to be an influx of talent. And then all these guys moving around. And with the way we talked about earlier, the rookie salaries, like you could get these guys in the third round and it's cheap. It's super cheap on the salary and these free agents cost a lot more money. And so you look at like Chase Edmonds contract versus, you know, a guy like Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce was much cheaper. Tyler Algiers, much cheaper. Um, so, uh, out of those, out of those five, um, is there anyone in particular you'd like to talk about Jeremy? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care. I didn't talk about any of them. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Bigsby. I think that was different than the rest of you guys. Um, but yeah, for me, Tank Bigsby is a guy that is within the top five for me. Um, he's pretty supplanted there kind of at four. I mean, I guess the draft would be a little bit telltaling because uh, I've seen some stuff. I saw one article the other day that said that they have him as like a sixth round pick. Um, I don't know where he shows up on the mock draft database that you have, um, which was surprising to me um, that they had Yahoo had him. It was actually Yahoo had him as a sixth round pick. Um, but maybe the NFL doesn't like him as much as I do. Um, he's a little bit on the raw side, but he's a easily a dual threat guy. He's created a lot of yards after contact, mainly because Auburn's offensive line was not very good. Um, but you can make guys miss in a phone booth. He can run you over. Um, like I said, he's got a good dual threat ability. He's a decent blocker kind of brings everything you want to the game. Um, and good size at six foot two thirteen. Um, at least that's what he's listed at. So. Yeah. They got him as a third round projected pick mid third round, 84th overall. That and, seems more likely to me. And they have him as the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh running back off the board. So um, 
pretty in line with what we're talking about today. Um, Brad, what's your who's your top five? Uh, yeah, number one's pretty clear. Gibbs is is my number two, followed by Zach Evans, then Sean Tucker, and we'll round out the top five again. This is, I feel like I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm putting some feelers out there at the number five spot. My number five is Blake Corum, a guy that I had my eye on after a couple, just a couple weeks of the fantasy or of the college football season saying, this guy needs to be watched, right? We talked about it in our Debbie show early in the season. I was very interested in him and he really did put together a hell of good season with 1400 plus yards. Uh, the biggest problem I have with him is he does not necessarily have that pass catching prowess so I do think there's a world where and a very likely world where he's going to get relegated to being a first and second down back uh, and we've seen what things like that mean for guys like Damian Pierce right he's not going to be a, a high draft pick he's going to be a mid to late round draft pick but I think he's good enough to get the opportunity much like Damian Pierce and we saw some really good games out of Damian Pierce, and we saw some really bad games out of him with the Houston Texans because of that lack of pass-catching ability. But he's got everything that you kind of want out of a running back. He's got some patience. He's got vision. He's got some explosiveness in the short area. Uh, he's not going to turn the burners on and tear you up or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he's a he's a bowling ball. You know, he's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, uh, just under 200 pounds. We'll see what he weighs in at. But I really like Blake Corum if, if he goes to a landing spot where he can get that first and second down work. Yeah, and for me, I, I have Bijan and Gibbs, no surprise, one and two. I have Evans at three, Tucker at four, and Bigsby at five. And so – I, I really do like Evans and, you know, I play in exclusively PPR leagues and this is a, this is a guy that is great in space. He's got soft hands and he is, he's the pass catcher out of that, that those guys that are below Gibbs. And, and so I like Charbonnet. I like Corum, but I, I want the pass catcher and, and Sean Tucker can do some catching as well. Um, but I, I do think Evans has some upside. And for someone that's of his size, he's pretty powerful, got good low center of gravity and good contact balance whenever he's, you know, he's going against SEC opponents, um, being able to break tackles and create opportunities for himself. So um, as far as receivers, you guys ready to go into receivers? Yeah, the one, I think the one thing to just at least asterisk is Corm has not declared yet. He had he did come out earlier this week and say, hey, it's a 50-50 decision. I don't know if I'm going to yet. Uh, so that that could change some things, obviously, but he's he's not a for sure declare yet. So well, before we get into the receivers, let's talk about underdog fantasy. We're also brought to you by underdog fantasy. At underdog, the season never ends. Right now you can play their weekly battle royale games, or even draft your playoff best ball team. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. If you use the promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you can get a 100% deposit of, of up to $100. That's underdog fantasy, promo code SGPN. You can get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. So as far as the receivers, Jeremy, who's your top five? Uh, so I have my top five wide receivers. Um, I haven't really done much with the wide receivers. Um, so I have Smith and Jabigga as my first one. Um, then Quentin Johnston, really close there. 
I got to really dive into JSN's kind of tape from last year and really see. I know he broke out at the back half of the season, um, but I feel like missing this his junior year here is going to kind of hurt him a little bit as far as the fantasy world looks at him and even the NFL a little bit. Um, just because he is a little undersized at six foot one ninety eight, so a little bit interesting there with him. But Johnston's a guy that I really like, and I have Cedric Tillman, which is a little bit out there, um, but I really like him. Um, good size. He's a senior, so that's kind of going to hurt some of it. Um, but I like Cedric Tillman. He's at three for me at the moment. Um, Josh Downs is at four, and Jordan Addison's at five. Yeah, this is a great group, and you get you get a lot of different sizes and shapes with this class. So, you know, move the sticks always talks about going to the ice cream shop and see what kind of flavors you like. So some of these guys, the way they're going to shake out in the board, it may not end up being like, these are the top 10 receivers because these teams were shopping for outside guys. These guys were shopping for speedsters. These ones were, were possession receivers, or these were, you know, your, you know, your slot guys. And so um, there's a little bit of everything. I like the five that you picked, Jeremy. And a guy that really threw people for a loop was Kayshawn Butte. He originally said he was staying, and then now he's going to the draft. And so you can see here he's not in the top five. Well, he dropped out of a lot of database because he had told us a month ago, almost a month ago, he was – but he's gotten some feedback from the NFL scouts and some his agent – that says you should enter the draft. So he is going to enter the draft. And, um, you know, he's he's someone that could potentially move up and be a first-round pick. Uh, Jeremy, you talked a little bit about Tillman. Um, is there anyone else that you'd like to talk about? Um, Yeah, I could talk a little about, about Josh Downs. Um, I, I know Downs is a guy that, for example, right there in your database, he's at five. I think that's the fifth one down. Um, he's a guy that I really like. I think he's, um, I know he's a little bit undersized at 5'10", um, 180, but he's a guy that wins in so many different ways. He's so quick in and out of breaks. He creates separation. He's a really good route runner, a better route runner to me than Jordan Addison. I think he has better hands than Jordan Addison. And to be honest, that's why I have him ahead of Jordan Addison. I think if you really want kind of that undersized, mid-sized receiver that can kind of create separation quick, um, for me, it's Josh Downs over Jordan Addison. Um, I think his hands are a little bit more secure. I just like almost everything better about Josh Downs than Addison. I haven't really broken down Addison's film yet um, to really nail that take home. But at the moment, I'm leaning much more in favor of Josh Downs than Jordan Addison. Here's my comp for Josh Downs and just the – not really like the player for player, but just the overall like how it feels – feels very Jahan Dotson where he's a great player and you didn't get to see the full potential because of the quarterback play a little undersized, great hands, strong hands and a very productive player. He was their entire offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he's very physical. That's what people, I think that a lot of people are going to miss. Um, but if you watch his tape, like he's not afraid to go across the middle. He gets, he's fine with running in the press coverage. He's fine with getting a little physical at the top of the routes. You know, he's got a little bit of that Stefan Diggs in him um, where he's kind of not afraid to shy away from that, even though he's an undersized guy. So that's something that I really like as well, because as, as an undersized guy, you have to be able to do that in the NFL with how big the corners are getting nowadays. So. Agreed. Brad, what do you got? 
All right, so mine is definitely a little bit different here. These are guys that I've I've looked a little bit. I, I start with the wide receivers because they're a little. You know, I talked to you a little bit about this yesterday, Dave. How I've shifted my dynasty mindset a little bit. So uh, Jordan Addison is actually my number one right now, uh, followed by Njigba, uh, then Keishon Boot, uh, Boutte, then Quentin Johnston. Uh, and then Josh Downs at five. And I am just the flip the coin from what uh, Jeremy was just saying. And that's me for Jordan Addison. Uh, I see very much a Devonta Smith-esque type of player uh, that undersized, what everybody likes to say, six foot, 170, uh, pretty solid route runner, got good hands. I love Jeremy's take on they're not afraid to go across the feet, you know, across the middle of the field. Uh, the reason I have Jordan Addison above Josh Downs is just the level of competition, right? We saw him, uh, you know, he took to that transfer portal, moved to USC, played against a little bit better competition than he did at Pitt last year with Kenny Pickett, uh, and just continued to, you know, basically just continued on the path that he was already on in Pittsburgh, even with that increased competition. Uh, even though I know it's on the West Coast, so maybe there's a little bit of, you know, is it really better competition? Uh, but yeah, Jordan Addison is is my pretty clear number one uh, right now. Yeah, and, and so shout out to Jeff Bell. Shout out to the boys over at Devi Royale. So last year I had him on the show. We were talking Devi and transfer portals. And one thing that they mentioned, that Jeff mentioned specifically, was, you know, NIL money and how that can can tell you what how people feel about players and Jordan Addison got paid. Jordan Addison was awesome in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett left. He went and hit the market and every everybody was throwing money at this dude and that told me this guy is an absolute stud. I love Jordan Addison, but he is my number 2. I have JSN. I think recency bias is why people are are falling down on him. Um, but this guy's a good player. I know McShay is out there. Like there's like possible defamation going on with McShay. Cause he's saying this guy's healthy and good to go. And he's just not playing. And so JSN's brother came out and said something about it, but JSN was an absolute stud and looked like the best receiver on the field when he was playing next to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. First round picks, stud dynasty players, and he looked better than them. And he outproduced them when he was playing on the same field as them in the same system. And Jameson Williams was also in that locker room. And he was like, you know what? These guys are so good. I got to go to Alabama. And so I love the pedigree at Ohio State. I love what I've seen out of him. And and if, if he goes and plays primarily in the slot, and if he goes to my New York Giants at 22, I would absolutely love that. Jordan Addison is my number two. And my number three is, I got to get it. I got to get it. Uh, so my number three is Johnston. Then I have Boutte. And then I went a little different here and I went with Jalen Hyatt. And so the reason I went with Hyatt, NFL loves speed. And when it comes down to it, this guy is going to get draft capital. The NFL likes speed to a fault. There's reasons why Tutu Atwell and Andy Isabella were second-round picks and they shouldn't have been. There's a reason why Henry Ruggs went ahead of the other guys. 
I get it. But this guy's going to get good draft capital. And he's going to get opportunity. And he is an absolute, absolute speedster. A lot of people compare him to like Deshaun Jackson type of a player. It's a home run hitter. And uh, I, I really think that he is someone that um, you're going to see big plays out of. And uh, I like him a lot. But, yeah, I could talk all day about the receivers. There's about 15 or 20 that I'd love to have my team next year. See, I'd go the other way with the running backs. I don't think this receiver class is that good, to be honest. No. But, you know. Let's let's scroll down a few of those just so you guys can see who else is on the list. Uh, Rasheed Rice, apparently they have the Giants taking two receivers. Um, Zay Flowers. They need like four, so they might yeah. keep going. Cedric Tillman. Um, I do like that Cedric Tillman call, Jeremy. He reminds me of uh, – you know, a, a lesser Mike Williams, like with his style of play, he's that big possession guy yeah. knows how to box guys out. Uh, I really love that kind of player that, you know, that I, I have two kind of prototypical wide receivers. I like it's the mm-hmm. small route runner slot guys and these yep. big guys that can't separate, but just body dudes. Uh, and he, he very much reminds me of Mike Williams, which some people may like, and some people may not like. So yeah, I feel like he he really separates like him and Johnston are kind of and then Rashid Rice is a little bit over that six foot range, yeah. um, but not super big. Um, but really outside of that, all these top level guys are all what you would quote unquote say undersized. You know, they're all at six foot according to the school they play for. But we've seen that, you know, one of these some of these guys are probably going to be five eleven, five ten. you know, that where you're kind of in that range of like is he too small? Is he not? You know, so that's where I get a little concerned, but. Yeah. And, and speaking of smaller undersized guys, Zay Flowers, if you go and if you watch any, anybody's YouTube highlights, Zay Flowers is one of the ones you want to watch and watching YouTube highlights does not say you're grinding film. Um, that is not grinding film. He's going to look good that's on the highlights, but he is a fun player to watch and a player that people don't talk enough about. There's a lot of other players. The Maryland players really got hurt by the, the quarterback play, but Rakeem Jarrett and Dante Demas are, are guys that you want to look at. And Parker Washington, Penn State always, you know, they always produce a you know, sneaky good receiver. And so Parker Washington could be one of those next guys. Anyone else on this stand out, Jeremy? I'm surprised Parker Washington and Jarrett are really that far down, to be honest. But I guess not. Yeah, and things will shake out a lot more as the the rest of the draft continues. Let's get into tight ends before we talk about the value of the 101. Jeremy, who are your top five tight ends? Okay, I guess I have to do that, right? Uh, Yeah, so Michael Mayer is pretty much the 101. Probably all of ours. I don't remember. I did look at the list, but I forgot. Going to be one of those generational type tight ends, I think. Uh, Dalton Kincaid's two for me, Laporta's three, uh, Darnell Washington at four, and Luke Musgrave at five. Yeah, and, and you know, with tight ends, last year we did not have the, you know, the first-round tight end like we are going to have this year and the next year with Brock Bowers. Um, but this is a pretty good group of tight ends. And even this year where we didn't have, first, we didn't have a single first-round tight end, We've seen some sh- some stuff out of Isaiah Likely. We've seen some stuff out of Greg Dolchik's. We've seen you know Kate Otten and Daniel Bellinger do well. So um, you know Don't these tight ends. Chiggy, come on, Chigu Conqua. Yeah, this Jelani Woods. I mean, there's definitely been some tight ends that have made some splashes. 
but there hasn't really been a consistent option from the tight end position from a rookie this year, which honestly is not that big of a surprise. I mean, you know, not everybody's going to do what Rob Gronkowski and Jeremy Shockey did 20 years ago. There's not very. What about Evan Ingram? Yeah. And and Evan Ingram. um, Ebron, I think had a good rookie year, didn't he? No, Ebron did not, but you, you got, you got the three that did the three that only three tight ends finishes tight end one before Kyle Pitts um, were those three guys, Gronkowski, Shockey, and Ingram. And Kyle Pitts had one touchdown on that 1,000-yard you know, season. Who's and, Kyle um, Pitts? <laughs> and disappointed a lot of people this year. He's disappeared. So, <laughs> Michael Mayer versus Kyle Pitts in Dynasty. That'll be the question, right? Um, Kyle Pitts people just turned off the show. Um <laughs> Jeremy, any of these guys stand, other than Michael Mayer that stand out as someone you want to talk about? Yeah, I think Dalton Kincaid. I know he's at two, but I mean, tight ends aren't all that exciting. So, um, but I really like Kincaid. Um, I, I think he's he's kind of that undersized tight end um, from the NFL standards, but he's a very good receiving tight end, um, and he's proven it all year in Utah. Um, we really got to see it there in the uh, what was it the USC game? I think he kind of exploded. Yes. yes. Um, so we kind of saw that. I think it was national TV too. So kind of saw that. Um, I think depending on a landing spot, he could be a guy that contributes in year one, um, depending on how they use him. So for me, I, I like Kincaid for tight ends. I tended to draft in dynasty the lesser value or the lesser cost. Um, I might be in on Michael Meyer if he's near the end of the first round, but most likely I'm going to have a lot of Kincaid over Mayer just because of the cost in the drafts. But I think Kincaid is a, is a nice consola- consolation prize. to. Mayer. I think Kincaid's going to run faster than people think, and that could boost his stock, um, especially with how desperate people are for tight ends. Mm-hmm. I know that game you're talking about. Utah was very fun to watch this year, by the way. And, and typically they're, they are very fun, but that quarterback was a gamer, but I saw that game and Kincaid often look up the stats on how many catches he had, but he was their offense. Everyone knew the ball was going to him and nobody could stop him. He had a, he had an ankle sprain, got right back up, came back in the game and still on third down, everyone knows going to Kincaid catches it in triple coverage and they go and they go and keep the field goal. So um, I love Kincaid. Brad, who's your top five? Yeah, so I'm behind the curve, I'll say, because I've only got three guys right now because I haven't gotten far enough in to make a justifiable decision, right? I could put Dalton Kincaid at four, but I would have no basis for that whatsoever uh, because I don't watch a ton of West Coast football games. And even though that one was on primetime, I found myself more busy with other things. So uh, mine was Michael Mayer, uh, Sam Laporta, I have at two, and then Washington from Georgia at three. And Sam Laporta is the guy to me that, ah, I mean, he's an Iowa tight end. Do we need to really say anything else about him? I, I mean, that's not, you know, the end all be all. He's a good size uh, typical kind of prototypical size tight end to both block and receive. He's got back-to-back seasons with over 600 receiving yards, um, which just shows that he's continued. And that you know, so those analytics people that'll look at the breakout age and that kind of thing, they'll really you know kind of feast on Laporta a little bit there. Um, he's not this super athlete. He's not the mayor. He's not Kyle Pitts. He's not these guys that just 
you know, jump off the film when you watch him, but he's freaking solid. And it's an easy comparison. I get it. Uh, but it is very much a TJ Hawkinson-esque type of player to me where he doesn't blow your mind as a receiver, but he's not going to come off the field because he's a serviceable blocker uh, and he has some uh, ability to win at the receiving game as well. So I, I really like Sam Laporta, uh, apparently significantly more than a lot of these other other people do. Well, and you can look here. I mean, they have three tight ends in the first uh, – four tight ends in the first two rounds based on the mock draft database. This is not – you know, this doesn't mean they're going to go there. But, you know, then you have Laporta in the third round, and that would be much better than last year's class. Going back to Kincaid, he had 16 catches, 234 yards, and a touchdown against USC. He had 100 yards against Colorado, 99 against Oregon. And then uh, SMU, he had seven catches for 107. But, I mean, this guy is is used as, as a weapon in the passing game. And, you know, back to the Iowa tight ends. I listened to a lot of scouting shows before the draft. And if you want to really get into the football side of things, PFF is great. Move the sticks. There's a lot of great scouting podcasts out there. It's not all about fantasy football. But at the end of the day, a tight end needs to get on the field before he can get you fantasy points. And these guys that are only used as receivers, and then they got to turn into a tight end, a natural tight end blocker in the NFL, it's tough. They got to go to the offensive line meetings. They got to go to the receiver meetings. They're just, they're all over the place. And a lot of these guys struggle, but guys from Iowa and Notre Dame and Georgia, the reason they do better is because they're coming from more traditional offenses. So they know how to read defenses. They know how to block. And if you can't block, they're not going to put you on the field as often. Like, yeah, they might put you on the field for 30% of the snaps and you're running a couple routes a game, but you want your tight ends that are on there for 80, 90% of the snaps so they can get that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 targets. And so that's, that's how you guys get on the field. And that's why you see these Iowa tight ends, really transition well into the NFL. Um, Luke Musgrave is very interesting. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be an interesting class. And uh, you know, next year there's some other good ones. Anyone else on here that stands out, Jeremy? Um, Yeah. I mean, you got a, you got a good group of larger sized tight ends. Uh, Zach Koontz out of old dominions, an interesting one. He should be a name to watch. Uh Tucker Craft is a little bit smaller, but um, Noah Grindorf out in uh, North Dakota State, 6'6". Uh, but Koontz out of Old Dominion, 6'8", 250. Um, could be an interesting name to watch. He's probably not even on that list, is he? I don't know if he declared. Oh, no, he did declare, yeah. I thought Billings. Hey, would be- look out. Colts are going to draft him. They love those guys that are frigging 6'7", 6'8". Yeah. Well, if the Colts are probably taking Darnell Washington in, like, the first round. They just <laughs> want they want all the 6'7", six, 6'8", six, tight ends. So. No. I thought Billingsley from the Texas would be higher. Um, uh, he's in the portal. I don't think he's coming out again. Okay. Uh, so I, I got going somewhere else. I got Mayer at one. I got Kincaid at two. I got Laporta at three. Then I got Washington at four and Luke Musgrave at five. Um, Luke Musgrave, that sounds like a NASCAR driver. The um, best part, the best part is is Musgrave and he's out of uh, Oregon State. 
the Beavers. So yeah. I'm just saying it, it's like a perfect trifecta. There. <laughs> it's, it's he sounds like an Oregon State. Beaver but we we've thing. we've talked a lot about Laporta and we talked a lot about um Kincaid. There's really, I mean, not much else to talk about with those guys and and Washington and Musgrave. You know, we'll we'll see where they go in the, in the draft and see how things shake up. Um, like I said, the the order that they get picked is not always the order that they're ranked. It just has to do with the you know, different teams have different needs. Different teams have different, um, you know, they have different schemes. And so they got to find players that fit their screen schemes. So let's talk about that one-on-one before we get out of here. So I ran some polls to see how much is the one-on-one worth. And so at the end of the day, my first piece of advice, if you have the one-on-one, do not trade it. Do not try to trade it until the draft because it's only going to gain value as the draft goes on. We've seen it every year and I've seen some trades go through. Somebody told me I had the one Oh two and all I had to do is give two Oh one plus one Oh two. And I got one Oh one. And for me, that was slam dunk. Had another guy was 10 team super flex league. He said, would you trade one Oh one for one Oh six and one Oh nine? I said, no. And just because the trade calculator said it's a good deal doesn't mean it's a good deal. If I want the 101, I'm not saying, Brad, here's the sticker price. Give, give it to me. No, I'm saying, Brad, here's the sticker price. But it's a Cobra, so here's a markup. And and that's where we start because <laughs> after I get off the phone with you, I'm calling Jeremy. So um, the 101 as far as, as far as super flex quarterbacks – I'm just going to go down a list and I'll ask each of you super flex one Oh one. Would you take Joe Burrow or the one Oh one Joe Burrow? Jalen hurts or the one Oh one hurts Lamar Jackson or the one Oh one Jackson. Yep. Kyler Murray. Uh, one, one. Justin Fields. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Trevor Lawrence. 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 Justin Herbert. Herbert. Mm, Herbert, yeah, probably. All right, that's probably about where I drew the line. Tua is a tough conversation right now with everything going on, so I think that could get a little hairy based on how you feel. Trey Lance or the 101. 101. That was pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I was never a big Trey Lance guy. And I, I know that, to be honest, he's probably going to be good, like just because Shanahan can do it with any quarterback known to man. Um, and he's got the ability to be a dual threat. But I just, I'm not huge on a huge Trey Bro- Lance. Brock Purdy or the 101. <laughs> yeah. Brock, Brock Purdy, dude. That's right. Uh, Kenny Pickett or the 101. One, one. And so with your super flex drafts, this is just an idea of some guys that people might offer you for the one one And then we'll, we'll, we'll go with one quarterback leagues. Is there any running back that you would take above B. John Robinson in your startup draft? You know, I've been hemming and hawing with this. I, like all day and other days because I really like Bijan, but sitting here today without knowing where he's going to be playing, 
is a little tough. I get that we want to argue always that talent rises, and it does. But you can't tell me that if Bijan ends up with um, Javante Williams in Denver, that that's not going to change how you feel about Bijan Robinson. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it it really feels like something that I'd want to know kind of more because there's still guys I like, but it's tough because a lot of them got hurt. You know, like where are we really with Brees Hall, Javante Williams? I know that we're going to go through that span of these guys are buys. These are going to be great running backs, but we saw it with Dobbins this year. We saw it with Barkley years past. We've seen it in the years past that first year after the ACLs toast. So now you're paying a premium for these two players who hurt their ACL in season that you're not going to see anything for in 20 until probably 24. So like, why wouldn't you take Bijan as like that, that guy, you know? So, but I, I I'm hard pressed to put him as this pedestal just because I know the way the NFL works and I, who knows what his role's going to be. He's likely a three down guy. He's likely the, the, the best dynasty running back out there. I just am at this moment. I can't really make a, a, a fair assessment. I feel like as to, because I, I still feel like really you're going into next year. I'd rather have Derrick Henry than him. Do you know what I mean? Just because I know what Henry is, you know what you're going to get out of him. But in a redraft, moment, you want, you, would you want Derrick Henry over him in a dynasty? Depends where my team is. If I'm ready to win this year, I mean, I want Derrick Henry. I know I'm going to get 20 points a week almost out of him. You know, what am I going to get for B, out of Bijan? I mean, like I said, in a landing spot, I know where he is. That's going to make a big difference. You know, if he has a clear shot. Um, but we've seen it. You saw Najee was the only one that really got it. But Javante Williams clearly better than Gordon. And he still had to battle that out. You know, it, it's just tough for me to really give him that crown yet. I know. And I'm probably definitely in the minority on that, but no, I, I, I'm the same way. Like I don't, I trust what I can see on the NFL field over the rookies, right? I'm not taking Bijan over Jonathan Taylor. Won't, won't happen 10 times out of 10. I will take Jonathan Taylor because I've seen him on the field for two years with an NFL squad they're going to be improved. It's just, you just never know, right? And I, I hate going back to it because I'm a Browns fan, but I look at it as everybody thought Trent Richardson was good. And he came out his rookie season, had double-digit touchdowns, and then was out of the league three years later. Like, now I'm not saying B. John Robinson is Trent Richardson, but you just don't know. Nobody knows. So I'm going to take more of the sure thing over the question mark in any situation. And now, that doesn't mean I'm taking DeAndre Swift over B. John Robinson or anything like that. But it, Don't get me started with Swift. That's such a sad story. Yeah, that's because I love him. I, I've, I've got a special place in my heart for him. Well, and and, and my answer may be cheating, but we, we've talked about my rankings. And how I do my rankings is I, I base players based on their trade value. And so I'm ranking them essentially as assets. And so that's why I would take Bijan Robinson over Derrick Henry or some of these other players. And maybe it's not because I'm using him that that like that season. I just know right now, like looking at these polls and seeing how thirsty people are for Bijan Robinson, that if I have the 101, I can get Saquon plus. I can get Derrick Henry plus. I can get those guys plus. And like just to to show my point. 
almost 3,000 votes, and 20% of them had Saquon over Bijan. The re- eight, almost 80% Bijan. JT, almost 80% Bijan. Almost 70% over CMC. 94% over Swift. 85% over Eckler. 96% over Najee. 80% Bijan over Ken Walker. 90% over Travis Etienne. Bijan over Brees Hall, almost almost 75%. Then you have Javante. And all these had a lot of votes. Silly. That is silly. Going on to receivers, about 1,000 votes for these. You got CeeDee Lamb, not even close. Jalen Waddell, Stephon Diggs, ARSB, Tyreek, not even close. And going back to the quarterbacks. It was closer for the quarterbacks. Justin Fields was right about 50-50. Jackson, a little bit less, 47% Jackson. Almost 50-50 for Lawrence. Tua, not even close. (laughs) Thank God. Watson, not even close. Kyler Murray, not even close. Trey Lance, even worse. Dak Prescott, not close. Justin Herbert, still over the 101. And there 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 was some more. And so... Again, I, I did those polls because I wanted to illustrate public opinion. And in your league, these people are in your league. And so if you have Bijan Robinson and you're a contender, you you could go nuts. And He's assuming, a top 10 dynasty startup pick, according to those. According to the mock draft, Jeremy and Iron right now, he is. That that is didn't he, didn't, that's somebody took insane. him at like three. The, the issue is, is that he is. He's a very well-rounded prospect. He's big. He's physical. He can make you miss. He can catch. He has everything you want out of an NFL lead running back. Um, but I mean, it really depends where he goes. You know, I mean, shoot, did I just? I mean, I, they have him as a top ten, top fifteen pick. And I mean, you're talking about Houston's not taking him at one. Chicago's out. Arizona's out. That would be interesting, but they're really out. Um, I mean, I guess unless they take him at four, but that'd be crazy. Um, Atlanta's interesting. I could see them taking them at six, but their team's a mess, so I could also see them passing. But, like, who says that Detroit doesn't take them at seven? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, you're all, everybody's all in on B. John Robinson, and what if it's B. John Robinson paired with DeAndre Swift? Jamal Williams contracts up this year. They need a pump. They need a thumper, and there's not a better thumper than Bijan. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Detroit has one at 18. You know, like the that landing spot would kill him. I mean, it wouldn't like kill kill him, but like I don't. I'm not. I don't know. Vegas is probably a likely one if Jacobs moves on. You know, like it really depends. I mean, if he lands in Vegas with no Josh Jacobs. Wheels up, man. I'm all in on that with Josh McDaniels. But it's tough. And that's the thing is that's where you can buy that rookie hype. And like you said, Dave, you know, the value right now on the 1-1 is so good that – and with how good this running back class is, to be honest, I am perfectly fine moving from 1-1 to 1-3 and picking up a second-round pick, an early second, like – I would be fine with that. I get Bijan's the, the the cream to the crop of this class, but if I could get CD Lamb plus for that one hundred and one, I'm smashing that trade. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're getting yeah. a guy 
especially wide receiver. If you can make that yes. pivot, if you're the one one and it's because you were bad and you are one one, Bijan Robinson will help your team, yes, but he's probably not gonna take you to a championship in a year or two. Yep. Unless your team was really injury riddled this year, changes the situation, but likely to make that move and pivot, like you said, to a CD Lamb or a nice up and coming wide receiver that's gonna give you eight plus years of production and you can maybe get the two one or something and you can go and get Sean Tucker or Tank Bigsby, like I'm I would definitely do something like that. Yeah. I mean, I just did those cornerstone rankings on Monday, right? I talked top five guys here, top five guys here. And I didn't even talk about running backs because you don't rebuild using running backs. Like that's just not how you start it. So if you can move that 101 for any of those cornerstone guys to build your roster around and you get something on top, that's just, that's, that's dynasty 101 in my opinion. Well, uh, I think we've, we've covered it all. Um, I may or may not have just left uh, Derrick Henry in one of my rosters. Whoops. Oh, no. Um, it's locked. Can't do anything about it. All right. Make sure you guys follow follow Jeremy at Pope's FFH. Make sure you follow Brad at FF Bourbon Dude. We're SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. Always appreciate a like, subscribe, and as always, good luck this season. Cheers. For most of you, that means good luck this week.